The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. The speaker is Mark Nunberg, guiding teacher at Common Ground. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you can hear us well enough. Glad that you were able to figure the technology out and join in for this uh, online retreat today. And I'm sure, as you imagine, that this is sort of a new adventure for all of us. Uh, Maybe some of you have done online programs before, but a seven-hour retreat is going to be an interesting experiment for all of us. And although I'm guessing most of you understand, the uh, practice itself, although simple, is difficult enough, but figuring out how to feel connected to 40 other people and to really draw on that community feeling, well, this is going to be a really useful and uh, just a powerful learning experience, I'm guessing, for all of us. And so, of course, each of our home situations will be a little bit different. We will be doing some movement practices during the day. And uh, you might want to make sure you have a space in your home so you can do the yoga practice and the qigong. And Wynn and I, Wynn Fricky and I, will be um, offering it in a way that should work for almost everybody's body. And of course, these will be optional mindful movement practices. You're always welcome to do walking practice at that time. And just as a little introduction, some of you might recognize this room. This is the old Common Ground Meditation Center. We use this space, this room here, uh, from 1993 until 2009, when we moved into our current building down the street. So uh, I'm grateful that Jessica is here to help us um, host this, so she'll be muting people if you like ask a question or something and forget to mute yourself, you'll be muted. And that way it's just easier with 40 of us talking, it can get a lot of feedback. So Jessica will make sure, but you can help by just unmuting yourself when you want to speak, muting yourself again when you're done speaking. That's the, the basic etiquette. And if for whatever reason there needs to be a transition uh, in your space, you're always welcome to shut your camera off. Wynn and I are going to keep our camera on the whole day. That way you'll always be able to see what's going on in this room and during the walking practices. One of us will probably be walking here. One of us will be having our lunch here. And so this space, this room here, will kind of, in a way, be this online container for our intention to practice together. <clears throat> and at the beginning of the retreat, as we do when we come together for our day-long retreats, we make this commitment to turn our cell phone off. Um, you may need to use it as a clock. You might even be using it for the Zoom meeting. That's totally fine, of course. But just make a resolve to not use it for texts, emails, It's just so easy for us to be drawn back into our worldly activities. And of course, there's nothing 
inherently wrong with duties and responsibilities and social connections that we have with the, with the world around us. But there's something very potent and difficult when we choose to retreat to, to some degree, to maybe even a large degree, seclude ourselves from our duties and responsibilities for these hours. So whatever you can do, if you haven't, talk to the people you're living with so they know to, as best they can, leave your space uh, so that you can just have your quiet space, wherever that might be, in your home. And this commitment to noble silence, as we call it, it would also include reading materials, just putting them aside for the day. Um, it can feel like a really good time to study, and in fact that's true, but doesn't mean it's the best use of time. So we're really here to be observing the activity of our heart and mind. How's the mind doing? What's the mind knowing? What's the feeling in the heart? And of course, this more subtle activity of the body, well, it's subtle. So we have this more concrete, more obvious anchor we usually call embodiment. So we don't just mean the physical sensations in the body, although that's a really useful anchor, maybe specifically the feeling of a breath coming in and out. But basically any of the physical activity of the body and the sensations associated with those activities, even the body sitting up, even if it's still just feeling that experience of the whole body sitting. But also the more the other sense gates, the hearing, the seeing, even with the eyes closed. So what is this experience of body, the five physical senses in this moment? Can this be a doorway back to the present moment, to mindful awareness of the way it is? Oh, it's like this now. And to whatever degree we can connect and connect and connect again with the more concrete experience of embodiment, then that continuity really allows wisdom to begin to have a non-judging, clear sense of the activity of the mind and heart, which is more subtle, of course. Oh, it's just this thinking being known. Oh, just this emotional feeling being felt. <clears throat> so ultimately, the meditation anchor, the meditation object, is the totality of the mind-body experience in the moment. Whatever awareness is naturally inclined to be aware of, that can be the meditation object in that moment. And so it can be quite fluid from relatively gross experience to relatively subtle experience. We really want to open our practice up in that complete way the totality of the, the experience of the mind and body, which is always experienced as an activity, a movement of mind, a movement of the heart, a movement of sensation, a movement of sound. And so in that way, it's actually relatively easy to begin again, no matter how many times, probably hundreds and hundreds today, maybe thousands and thousands of times, the mind will be drawn into thought, the mind will forget that it's thinking, will be lost in thought. This is going to happen over and over again. So 
the retreat day isn't so much about not getting lost in thought. The retreat day is really about recognizing moments where the mind knows that it's been lost in thought, swept away, maybe <clears throat> a unique drama, or maybe one of those dramas <clears throat> that we regularly get lost in, worrying about this, planning that, fantasizing in a predictable way. So whether it's a unique thought, seems important, seems novel, or whether it's one of the same old dramas that the mind gets lost in. Today, and then, you know, throughout the rest of our lives, of course, but today, especially during the retreat, when we notice that seductive draw to go back into the drama, that's when we rely on this resolve, hey, we're doing this together. There are 40 of us that have decided to spend these hours cultivating mindful awareness, using, drawing on the wisdom and love we can draw on to be willing to begin again. Oh, it's just this experience of embodiment, this activity of the body, this activity of sensation and hearing being known. Just these qualities of the heart being felt, this activity of the mind being seen, being known. It's just this. And then we're right back on track. And this is how we build momentum. It's really this willingness to begin again and again and again and again. And then if we're fortunate and have moments, times during the day, when there's some real continuity of awareness, then the practice there is just to trust that continuity. Where there are different objects of experience, present moment experience being known, maybe primarily with a particular anchor, like feeling the breath coming in, feeling it going out, or maybe a quite diverse string of present moment experiences being known. One after another, doesn't matter whether we're with a, the same object over and over again, or there are many different objects being known in some sequence, with some continuity. Then our practice when there's continuity is to value and trust the continuity itself. And to really take those moments where there's a little or even some strong continuity of present moment awareness, take those moments to discern, to really sense the pleasantness of present moment awareness. Even if what we're being present with is like difficult sensations or a difficult emotion, the continuity, the not running away, not turning away, non-denial, non-judgment, all of that feels good, even when the mind is being aware of difficult experience. There's something wholesome and pleasant in that wholesome sense with the continuity of present moment awareness. And that, seeing that, feeling that, really strengthens the momentum. Then we get that positive feedback going where some continuity and recognizing its wholesomeness and the inner pleasure of that continuity then keeps the continuity going longer and longer until the mind gets distracted again. In, like even including getting distracted by the thought, hey, I'm really getting this, I'm doing pretty good. And then that thought, that identification leading to a whole stream of thoughts about how you're going to do a three-month retreat or do this, do that. 
but not at all aware that this is all happening in the present moment. So that's what we mean by being lost in thought. And then there's no reason to have anything but a friendly relationship whenever we realize the mind's been lost in thought. No matter how regular it is to get seduced and caught up and even in really unpleasant dramas that we might get caught up in, it always makes sense to begin again in a friendly way. Oh yeah, this is how it is. This is what the mind does. We really want to see distractedness as nature. Just like we were watching some chickadees at the bird feeder or any other number of natural phenomena. Really be on the lookout for you, for when the mind turns distractions, habits of mind, whatever, into an enemy, into a personal problem. Because it skews our whole practice. Then we start falling into this delusion that I'm here doing this day-long retreat in order to get rid of this mind state, or in order to fix my life. And then we're going down a slippery path where things tend to get tighter and tighter because we're practicing in order to have what we imagine is a good or pleasant experience. Like, I'm practicing in order to make my mind behave or I'm practicing in order to have a calm, equanimous, peaceful experience. But that set up, like I'm practicing in order to get something, is stressful. It only leads to more stress in the mind. So instead, the practice is really about this beautiful, wholesome, liberating desire to see things as they are, to simply recognize what's being felt here, what's being seen, what's being recognized, what's arising, is this skillful? Is this unskillful? What's showing up? How the mind's relating? It's just this experience being known. Can this be okay that this is being known? And learning, like I mentioned, learning to trust the continuity of present moment awareness. So, um, I'm going to offer a guided meditation and some instructions and then we'll do a little Q&A. Right after lunch, Wynne will offer some instructions and a guided meditation and take some question and answers. Right before lunch, we'll break out into two groups. Wynne will meet with half and I'll meet with half and we'll have some time for a little bit more instruction and question and answer and discussion together. And we'll have a closing circle at the end of the day. And in addition, of course, we'll do walking and sitting meditation together. You can always join in, like I mentioned, for the walking. Somebody will always be walking in this space. And Wynn and I will be sitting the sits here in this room that you can observe, just to support that sense that we're doing this together. So to begin our sit, really listen to the body, make the adjustments you need to make so you feel comfortable, feel like you're willing to be here in the body, in the present moment. It's always helpful, can be at least, to take a few easy, deep breaths in and out. 
taking the time to fill the lungs, taking the time to slowly empty the lungs. And this deep breathing can be an invitation back to the experience of embodiment. Finding a very natural posture, especially in terms of the spine, finding a relatively aligned spine with the head resting on top, shoulders and arms released, muscles here in the face released, belly softens, and we're allowing the breathing to continue on its own. Eyes can be open or gently closed, either way is fine. But I wouldn't look at the screen if you keep your eyes open, just gaze down toward the floor. And just seeing if the heart is willing to relax and have a soft, open connection with the experience of the body sitting. And just testing the waters, is it okay to include the totality of the body, of the sensations here in the body as they come and go? And you can even use each inhalation as a kind of yes to the sensations in the body. Yes, it feels like this now. And each exhalation can be a reminder to allow. So we're recognizing in a clear way a big yes as we breathe in. Yes, the body's like this. And as we exhale, this deep allowing, trusting the sensations to be the way they are, not needing the body to be different. So in a, in a sense, we're building the continuity, building the skills so there can be a continuity with this experience of embodiment. Keeping the body in mind, not forgetting. But this is not the same as controlling or trying to have some particular experience. The experience of embodiment is nature. 
Wisdom learns to accept it as it is, because this is how it is. This body, hearing, seeing. So we breathe in with a big heartfelt yes, it's like this now. Breathing out naturally and allowing everything to be the way that it is right now because this is how it is. So we'll continue with silence for a while. Remembering to really appreciate those moments when you start again will make it a beautiful art of starting over.
remember to detect the pleasure of mindful awareness being present.
at times you'll find it helpful for the attention to stay close to the anchor, feeling the sensations of breathing in, feeling aware of the sensations of breathing out, or whatever anchor in the body you use, hearing, whole body, But as you feel, notice those moments where there's good continuity. Then notice the other objects that are being known, including more subtle things like the attitude of the mind, qualities of the mind. Calmness is being known. The continuity of the practice is simply the present moment is being known, one moment after the next.
the last couple minutes, appreciating how important it is to trust relaxation, the softening of the body and the mind. With relaxation, it's so much easier to recognize that this is being known, this is being felt. So much easier to not fall into the habit of judging or wanting to fix, wanting to get somewhere. But instead, just understanding that this experience of the mind and body is being known. It feels like this. So we're remembering to recognize the present moment. And letting this be enough, this continuity of recognizing the present moment, recognizing what's being felt and known. It's all about understanding and learning how it is not so much about fixing or controlling. We can all take a little time, stretch or move the body in a way that feels good. But still at the same time, just staying with experience, recognizing the way it is here in the present moment. 
So we have a little time for some questions about the instructions I gave this morning or just more generally about how to use this day together. And uh, we can see if uh, we can try just having people unmute themselves and then just start to speak. It might be nice to say your first name if you, if you feel comfortable with that. And also just be on the lookout. Somebody else might be uh, speaking, just starting to speak exactly when you're starting to speak. And so we're just going to have to negotiate that space together. One person can back off. And then we'll try to go to that person who wanted to speak, but let somebody else go first. We'll try to go to you next. So anybody like to start? Any questions about the retreat day or about the instructions this morning? Don't be shy. It's really good to clarifier. Um, and and a lot of times people feel like uh, their questions aren't related to meditation practice, but remember meditation practice, especially this style that we often do at Common Ground, it's really about keeping the present moment in mind, or the mind attention is recognizing what the mind is knowing, what the mind is doing. So it's not so much about a specific mental task, like I'm do using some technique to get some place. It's really this, uh, we call it more of a wisdom orientation in terms of how we're doing our meditation, where we're keeping the present moment in mind and we're developing with practice the continuity where we're not getting thrown off into distraction where the mind is lost in thought. But one way or another, wisdom keeps recognizing, oh, this is being known, this is being felt. And it's with that continuity of present moment awareness that a lot of learning, or what we call insight, just gradually, naturally begins to develop. And the more insight, the more the very fruit of insight is the mind knowing how to be a human being without dragging along unnecessary stress, psychic weight, tormented by our habits. When, in the afternoon, we'll talk about some of these difficult habits of mind that we call the hindrances and how to work with them. Well, maybe I'll make one more point if there are no questions then uh, before we do some walking practice. <clears throat> and that's this point about aspiration. Like for example, at this time with the coronavirus, it's very common and natural for us to be feeling <clears throat> some anxiety, if nothing else, just because things have so radically changed with most of us secluding ourselves in our homes and just that alone, just driving and seeing so few people on the road or you know, just all the kind of changes that we're in the middle of can evoke anxiety. And then of course on top of that, there's so many people with financial insecurity, so many people with health, health insecurities, loss, uh, other good friends exposed and vulnerable to some of the things that are going on. So there's a lot. And it can appear to us very appropriately like, 
I don't want to be so anxious, or I don't want to be so fearful, I don't want to be so tight. And uh, that aspiration, like to have a mind, a heart that is free of anxiety and fear and um, any of the other torments of the heart, that aspiration is really beautiful. But the aspiration to be free of anxiety is different. It's not really the same in terms of how am I, what am I going to do to realize that aspiration to be free of anxiety. Because not wanting anxiety or wanting to be free from anxiety can be, um, as an aspiration, it can be inspiring, but it doesn't actually tell us how to practice. In this sense, aspiration, like if we imagine somebody, some wise person somewhere, is able to navigate this kind of time with a lot of ease and a lot of clarity and a lot of fearless, compassionate action, right? And we can be quite inspired and motivated. But wanting to be that person or like that person can be just another layer of stress and another setup for betrayal or I'm not good enough or a lot of doubt, like why can't I be that way? What's wrong with me? So this is just a good reflection today because even on a very simplistic level, we might notice as we sit and walk a lot of physical tension that we've been holding for a while, but because now we have a little bit more mindfulness, we'll notice how tight the body is. And then we could easily fall into not liking the tension in our body. I notice a lot, you know, I have tension around my face and in my shoulders. And so when I get more settled, I notice all this tension that is there, just because of probably years of habits of holding tension and not being aware. And now I'm aware of it. And it's easy for me, if I'm not paying attention with wisdom, to be averse to the tension I feel in my body and to be longing to be the one the body that doesn't have any tension. Which is probably how the whole thing got tight to begin with. <laughs> not liking who I am, not liking the way it is, right? So it's really important, you know, to get clear, even on this cognitive intellectual level, we're not practicing to fix. We're practicing to be intimate. We're practicing in order to learn how to really meet our lives as they are, to meet our bodies as they are, to not uh, immediately have a problem with the conditions of the mind and body, and to be actually grateful and enlivened to be able to meet our experience in a more real, authentic, clear way, non-judging way. Oh, oh, this is how it feels now in this body. Oh, this is how the heart is here, feeling in the heart, feels like this. Okay, feels good to be clear, feels good to connect, happy to be present. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, 
or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.